Because we went a bit too long on the previous session, we've decided just to do a very short... Bonus Maybe session. I shouldn't say that because it's never true. <laughs> yes, uh, but a bonus session on the A little bonus session. <laughs> Irrelevant of the length. <laughs> yeah, it's just a wonderful, wonderfully interesting bonus session. So let's go to Psalm 40. Let's mm. go to Psalm 40. All right, and we're going to read... Um, we're going to get back to the beginning of Psalm 40 a bit later on. Um, he's, we're going to verse 9. Just, just skip to verse 9. Uh, King, David, King David is writing here, uh, um, and it says here to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. And in verse 9, King David is saying, I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness. In the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips. O Lord, you yourself know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Okay, what are we looking at Yeah. So, just take us, give us some background, King David. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so King David, as a king in his time, in his generation, so King David ruled in total as king for 40 years in the nation of Israel. Seven of those years at first were in Hebron, and then... After that, another 33 years where he reigned as king in Jerusalem. And then the two kingdoms were united. We also know that he was actually, so after Saul, he was the first real king after God's own heart over the nation of Israel. And when we think back on King David, before him, there was only King Saul. And after him, uh, there were some kings that got close to his stature, but there was never again a king like King David. So King David in the history of the, of the Jewish nation was the epitome of the kingdom of Israel, the entire Israel, including Israel and Judah, because after that the kingdom split anyway. So, so really when we think back on Jewish history, King David is the epitome, the high point of the Jewish nation. Um, they have entered the promised land. They are keeping the feasts. They are keeping the law. Tabernacle, the temple is not yet built, but that is a, a very small detail during the reign of King David. Um, In some ways, I always think of the tabernacle almost as more intimate. significant yes. and holy and honoring to God as the temple was. Mm. I know the temple of King yes. Solomon was, was magnificent, wonderful, but the tabernacle mm. has something very intimate about it. Mm. Um, but anyway, so in Jewish history, this really is the high point of the Jewish nation. Uh, they, they have a king that is a shepherd, a prophet, uh, really steps into the kingly role in, in so many different mm. ways. 
uh, rules the nation well and governs them according to God's ways, mm. really not, I mean, for the mistakes that he makes, they, they're insignificant compared to what he does right. Mm. And so... And the, and the nation is an apostate in his time. Exactly. Um, you know, I think for most modern believers or Christians, the picture that we tend to have of the Israelites or the Jews the perfect is basically picture, yes. based on this very short period of time. Yes. Because we tend to read, for most new believers, we come to the Bible and we, we encounter the Israelites, God's chosen people. Yes. Um, these covenantal people, the people that God not only chooses, but he, he walks with them. Blesses interact, them. Blesses them. Yes, takes care of them. And so the Israelites in our minds take on this heroic mm. form as a people. A set-apart people, holy we, to the we, Lord. We, we selectively think of them in certain ways. They become the warriors, mm. the mighty men, the shepherds, the... We ignore all the all the negative bits mm, in, mm, mm, mm. in some of our formulating of a picture, but I think much of the picture is based on this exactly. picture of the Jews. What they are during the reign of King David. Yeah, it's kind of what we base our. This our, is the perfect picture on. during his time. The tabernacle is there. The people are honoring the covenant. Yes, yes. For them, salvation is the day of atonement. That's how sins yes. are forgiven. Yes, year after year. And um, the covenant they have is a covenant of law. Yes. Okay, and this is the picture we have. This is the picture. With King David. And so we've been looking at the, at the Psalms mm. to learn uh, from King David's prayer ability. Mm. His prayer strategies, his prayer, prayer sins, his prayer rhythm. We have highlighted that uh, when we're looking at his uh, psalms and we're, looking, we're identifying the rhythm of his life and uh, we uh, combine this, we want to see how the rhythm of his life and his prayer rhythm is flowing together. Mm, mm, mm. And, um, and this can be clearly seen. So what we've endeavored to do is to help you see the psalms as a flow. Yes. Uh, a, a unit, not um, loose standing s pieces of poetry or songs. They're all linked together and it's mm. all King David's life, his relationship with God mm. expressed. Um, and that's wonderful. But now, let's glance back at the Jews. Um, identify for us the times in the history of the Jews in the world, where the Jews were keen on the gospel? Abraham? <laughs> he wasn't a Jew. Yeah, he was a Hebrew. So, so, so yeah. they become, they become, they, they, they formally actually become, so the sons of Jacob become Israel's sons, his house, but they become the Israelites or the Jewish people after they come out of Egypt. Yes. Right. And um, we, we start looking at possible times when they were keen on the gospel from more or less that time. And uh, we have to ask ourselves, was there ever a time 
in the entire history of the world up until today where the nation of uh, Israel were ever positive or keen on the gospel of the, Messiah Yahushua. Yes, the full gospel. No, the answer is Never. So God would send them <laughs> prophets. <laughs> so we still maintain the perfect picture of God's uh, yes, set-aside people. Yes. We're not saying they were not God's people. And we're <clears> not saying there was no salvation for them. And we're not saying no, anything like they that. They were His covenantal they people. They were His covenantal people, but they were given the law. When we're talking about the gospel, we're referring to the full gospel of God's salvation through death and resurrection. That gospel. So, God sends them prophets and the Bible very clearly states that they kill them. Or reject them. Or lock them up. Or lock them up. Throw them in dungeons. Mm. Then we also know that um, they tend to turn their backs on God very often. Um, fair enough, there's times when they turn back to God. Yes. But um, I mean... We know there are, I mean, there are two very clear ones I can think about now in the New Testament that speaks about the, the Jewish people rejecting the gospel, saying that the same gospel was preached to them and they did not mix it with faith, so they, they could not enter in. Uh, there are references to that. Exactly. Now, we see that they crucify Yahushua, uh, for the good news of um, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of grace, the gospel of, uh, Messiah. The gospel of salvation, and then of course uh, him making himself known to them as the fulfillment of the promises. He says to them, you, you search the scriptures for salvation. Yeah, you, you think in the scriptures you will find eternal life, but you do not come to me. Do not come to me. Okay. So then we see from uh, after his resurrection, whenever the apostles and all the other witnesses to the way mm. uh, testify or even just live out their faith, they <laughs> are persecuted by the Jews. By the Jews. And the Jews do kill many of them. Okay. Paul being an example. <laughs> and we're not here to vilify the Jews in any no, way. No. We're just no. trying to shine a light on what aspect, is. Yeah. King David saying in Psalm 40. Exactly. Psalm 40, King David is saying. Now, firstly, we maintain that King David, among some of the other witnesses in the Old Testament, are New Covenant believers. Yes. Saved by the New Covenant Gospel, or the Fulfilled Covenant. We prefer using the term Fulfilled Covenant. Yes. Same covenant from Abraham. Um, uh, with different uh, uh, clauses yes. to, full, to form a fulfilled covenant. Yes. Okay. Now, he's saying, I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Now, remember, righteousness, just to recap, righteousness is the fact that God will finish His will the way that He said it from beginning to end. So, the good uh, news of righteousness can only be one thing. So we go to Hebrews chapter 11, and here we see that the gospel was already fully revealed to Abel. We see that the gospel is the entire picture of the story of Noah. Yes. And they all responded by faith, and we know then righteousness is imputed. Right, so same gospel. So he says, he's proclaimed, he, I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly, in the great assembly. In the great assembly, the assembly of the nation of Israel, the Jews, 
when they would, for instance, come to the great feasts. And this would be the, uh, the times when the tabernacle, all the priesthood was, uh, was, was in full functioning order. The uh, musicians were playing. It was sacrifice and feast. And all the people were there. Now he says, Indeed, I do not restrain my lips. O Lord, you yourself know, I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Mm. He's witnessing, he's reminding God that he had been a witness to the good news, the gospel. Now when you read this, you might say, where did he, where did he witness to the gospel? Mm. And he's saying that he had witnessed it to the great assembly, mm. to the nation. Now, okay, so we know what happened when Paul tried to <laughs> preach the gospel to the Jews. Mm. Are you telling me that King David was trying to preach the gospel to the Jews? How do we know for certain that he's not just referring to the great cloud of witnesses? Hmm, could be. Because we have evidence that he actually preached the gospel to the Jews. And I think also to add that, he says, I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. Which means that it's not just a meditation. If it had just been to the great cloud of witnesses, then that would be something that he would do in his inner room. Within the meditations mm. of his heart. In the secret place. But he says he has not hidden it. He has declared it. He has not concealed it. Which means that he's doing this openly. So we might even you might even ask the question, well... Didn't he just do this by being who he was as a shepherd turned king messiah figure? I mean, just fulfilling the role that God had given him. Isn't he just through that proclaiming the good news? Of course, for all of us, it remains exactly the same. Your life must be the witness. Mm. But then you can't just have a life witness. It has to be a witness that lays a foundation for the gospel to mm. be witnessed, declared. Mm. He says he declared it. And that's my point. So that's mm. why I'm saying it could, you could, your mind could make the connection that, well, isn't that just the way he's doing it? Why do we want to overcomplicate? Because he says, I have proclaimed it. I have declared it. I have not hidden it. I have not concealed it. So there has been a declaration, a proclamation. Past tense. Yes, past so, tense. Now, where do we, so we're saying, is, could this be true? Is he referring to the gospel? Is it possible? Mm. To and which did assembly did he declare it and how did he do it? Let's show you the answer. So, so wait, before we read Psalm 22, mm. did King David try and preach the gospel in the tabernacle? Did he stand on his palace <laughs> balcony and try and convince the Jews down there, my people? Did he walk I've through the a, streets? I've been a good king to you. You know that I know God. I want to tell you mm. the gospel. He, he could have gathered, he could have forcefully gathered without mm. forcing them. He could mm. have just invited yes, the entire nation. Yes, he could have the king calls a, the nation to Jerusalem. We're going to have a conference. I mean, he could have had pamphlets printed every time that the army had to go out to yes. fight the Philistines. I mean, he had the army there. He could evangelize the entire army. Yes, he could. Um, no, no, I mean, this guy, he could have, he could have been bigger than TBN, really. <laughs> he could. I mean... He had the means. 
He had the means. And this is where we get to. He had the means. The way he did it is um, the Psalms, many of them are songs. Yes, there's poetry, there's prayers, there's um, lamentations. But many of the Psalms are songs. And we look at Psalm 22 and it says, To the chief musician set to the deer of the dawn, a psalm of David. So, he's not writing a new melody or a piece of music for it. He's just a kind of using the same melody for two songs, different words. Mm. Which, is, which is okay. Now, Psalm 22 is a song, and it is written, it is going to be taken, after he's written it, mm. taken to the chief musician, mm-hmm. and the chief musician has to see to it that the singers and the instrument players are ready to perform uh, to use this in their worship and praise yes. at the next bi- big feast. So this is we're talking about the next Passover, the next day of atonement, that kind of thing. Feast of Tabernacles. They've got to be ready with King David has written a beautiful new song. This is going to become part of the worship. Uh, tell us what the worship would have looked like. Right. So if you go read in Chronicles, they, they have detailed records of this. But so um, one of the scriptures or some of the scriptures say that King David, because remember, when King David establishes the tabernacle worship, he gives out the roles to the different Levites and he organizes how they're going to worship and serve God. So included in all of the Levites and all of the service, he gathers or he appoints 288 singers. And they are going to worship the Lord with their voices. And then on top of that, he's going to appoint 4,000 musicians who are going to praise the Lord with musical instruments, which he says he made. So we're looking at round about 4,288 Musicians, including singers of 288 and musicians of 4,000. And now, okay, so lots were given to them. So throughout the year, only some of them would come to worship at a time, not all of them all the time at once. But in times of great feasts, they would have been all there. They would have all been there. In 1 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 33, it says, These are the singers who lodged in the chambers. So, they would, all these singers stayed there. And it says, and were free from other duties, for they were employed in that work day and night. 288 singers. Okay. This is what they do. This is what they do. They don't do other gigs. They don't do anything else. This is what they do. Day and night, they are employed. They have to know the songs of the Lord. It says somewhere else, they, those who knew the songs of the Lord. Mm. So these people knew every word of the Psalms that were written as songs. Plus other, other songs. Song, mm. Song of Moses would have been there. The those of kind of Korah things. Wrote some songs. Yeah. Mm. But now, you have 4,000 musicians. All in all, um, just the 
the gatekeepers and everybody involved with worship around the tabernacle were all in all 10,000 people that were permanently employed by King David. This was, they were dedicated to the worship <laughs> in the, and around the tabernacle. Yeah, in some way or another, yeah. I, I suppose very often in King David's um, palace as yes. well, uh, and so forth. But this is what they did. Mm. Okay. And he writes some of the songs. Now, let's see. So imagine... What songs they are singing. Exactly. So imagine the Feast of Tabernacles. All of Israel has gathered together. Or even the Feast of Passover, the Day of Atonement. All of Israel has gathered together. They're all at the tabernacle for, to keep the feast. And out come the worshippers. 4,000 musicians, almost 300 singers. They're going to sing the new song that King David has written. And let's say it happens to be Psalm 22. This is the greatest show in all of Israel. You actually cannot go. There's, n- yeah, there's not really anywhere. anyone else to go see. There's no bigger production. This is it. And These people have never seen a bigger and production. And remember, King David has set the highest standard. So it's not just, oh, come and sing your song, harmonize it a little, a little bit if you can. He is upholding a great standard. He is... Uh, insisting on excellence from all of these musicians. So it's not just that they come together and kumbaya sing a song mm. nicely together, each you know doing mm. something on an instrument. This is precise. This is exact. This is excellent. So imagine this. The greatest, most wonderful production. The robes they are wearing are specifically made. They're it all is the best of the best. Okay, the feast is they have slaughtered mm. hundreds, maybe thousands of animals. On There's top of food everywhere, yes, sorry. and the singers come out, and they're going to worship the Lord. The 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 um, incense is burning. Yes, and I mean on top of their talent, there is the, the anointing. anointing. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not just that it's just raw talent. No, I mean. They're There's anointed. anointed anointing they're flowing not around. Just pra- so. <laughs> they're not practice, just practicing singing every day. They, they're practicing being in the presence of the Lord. Exactly. They live at the tabernacle site. Exactly. They pray. They wash. They <laughs> know the scriptures. They, that's what they do. They're worshipers. They're dedicated yes. to worshiping God. So the point is, the people, the nation of Israel, looking at these worshipers would be mesmerized mesmerized and they would go away and they would be singing the songs as they go mothers would be singing these songs to their children as they nurse them to sleep they would teach their children these songs as nursery rhymes families when they get together would sing these songs this is what they would know a man walking down the street on his way to work in the morning would be whistling a tune and it would be said to the songs you had to walk past a lone shepherd with his sheep um uh, singing quietly a song on his own. Chances were he's singing Psalm 22. And what is it? Let's what is have a look. What, what is, is Psalm 22? What did King David do? <laughs> he says, 
In verse 16, For dogs have surrounded me, the congregation of the wicked has enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Now, you can go now, and if you want to do something just as a pastime instead of watching TV, go through the Psalms and look at all the prophecies about the Messiah. About Yahushua. About Yahushua. About the crucifixion, the resurrection, salvation itself. New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem. Which we know as faith. So what has King David done? What did he do? What did he do? He used the tabernacle worship to preach and proclaim the gospel of Messiah, the gospel of salvation. He preached eternal (laughs) life and resurrection. He preached the crucifixion to the assembly. These were the songs that the Jews were singing to their children. This is what they knew. This is what they knew. These were the greatest hits of their times. Okay, so is there anybody in the world, anybody watching this that doesn't know the song Hey Jude? <laughs> you said everybody knows Hey Jude. Oh, probably everyone knows Hey Jude. India. Oh, most people. Zambia. Russia. Everybody knows Hey Jude. Okay, so... This, these are the greatest hits of their time. And they're singing the gospel. They're singing the gospel. King David, one of the greatest evangelists of all time. Even until today. (laughs) Even until today. The Jews are reading... Those rabbis that are rejecting the gospel and Yahushua as the Messiah, that's still waiting for the Messiah, they're reading the Psalms and they are continuously reading the gospel when they read the Psalms. How the heck do we think that, oh shame, they're just missing it. They're rejecting it. Now that's not the point. The point is that King David preached the gospel to the Jews. God had made sure in His grace and His goodness and His mercy and His loving kindness kindness, (laughs) He had made sure that there would be a gospel preached to every generation everywhere all the time. So who's preaching the gospel in the Old Testament? Noah. Noah's story is the proclamation of the gospel. So although he, um, and, and Peter says that in the days of Noah, mm. Yahushua goes back and preaches the gospel, it goes he back in the spirit. spirit. Yes. And, um, and, and, and though being dead, he's still, he's, he's still convicting the world. So the story of Noah, wherever it's, it's told to children as a story in the Old Testament, it's actually the gospel. Mm. So then we see Abraham, gospel. His yeah, life and his story, very clearly there's a gospel 
uh, modeled yes. and preached. Yes. Yes. Jacob Gospel. These are the great preachers in the Old Testament that we believe were saved by the fulfilled yes. covenant, with other words, the messianic covenant. Mm. Um, into Messiah. The gospel, mm. into Messiah, so the same salvation we have. Mm. So we believe that Noah's same salvation, Abraham's same salvation, by Messiah, by the Lamb, had to die to themselves, yes, lay down their own walls, yes. be resurrected. Um, uh, we were Jacob. Yes, yes, Jacob. Then Moses. Moses and King, King David. David. So... I know we could say, but there's the prophets, but they don't clearly preach the gospel the way that, yes. although they would prophesy about the Messiah. And they might they even have a revelation between, yeah. of the gospel, but they're not necessarily saved into the gospel and preaching the gospel in the new covenant, full covenant role mm. that we see mm. these five specific characters do. Yeah, these are the witnesses as the patriarchs. This mm. is the witness of the patriarchs. But uh, we have five main witnesses in the Old Testament. And now we see King David mm. actually um, very clearly being raised up by God. Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that Yahushua himself self gives to the body or the assembly. Yes. The church. Mm. Okay. These five. Let's look at King David. Who establishes the, the priesthood? Priesthood. King David. That makes him a what? Apostle. Apostle. He's clearly a prophet because in his clearly songs he's no, prophesying no about he's Messiah. A prophet. Everyone knows he's the prophet king. He's the prophet king. <laughs> um, he's a else? shepherd. He is a shepherd. So he's a shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> clearly an evangelist and a teacher. We know that he teaches God's ways. So we, there we have the full fivefold king, friend king, of God, king man, David. man after God's own heart. King David, <laughs> what a the guy! Fivefold. Okay, so Psalm twenty-two. Mm. He's using the songs given to the chief musician to preach and witness the gospel, and he does it in many ways. He doesn't just preach the gospel as far as yeah, he's preaching the gospel, Messiah's crucifixion. Mm. He preaches salvation over and over and over. He, he very clearly preaches the uh, gospel of the kingdom mm. because he's always referring to the eternal kingdom, mm. the return of Messiah on Mount Zion. Uh, this is what he's doing. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? He starts the song with that. That is a direct... Um, quote from the cross and he's going to continue by um, uh, going on to in verse 7 he's now again preaching what will happen to the Messiah they shoot out the lip, they shake the head saying he trusted in the Lord let him rescue him, let him deliver him since he delights in him But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on your mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Be not far from me. Okay, so read through the Psalms and look for those occasions when he would preach the gospel. Mm. Um, as a witness, 
And so, Psalm 40, he says, I haven't hidden it in my heart, I haven't kept it quiet. Now, this is very important for our prayability because in his um, supplications to God, mm. he is saying, I have, I'm walking out my witness. I fulfilled the commission mm. to preach the gospel. I will bring my request. I expect, uh, because of your faithfulness, I expect protection and provision. Yes, yes. But I'm taking out the gospel. I'm proclaiming the gospel and I want to proclaim the gospel. I now, this is the basis on which we are going to entreat the Lord in our time. Yes. So, can I ask that everybody take up Psalm 40 mm. as from today... And uh, in our prayer times that we are uh, going to pray together over the next few weeks, incorporate this in your corporate prayer life. Pray Psalm 40 the way it's written, back to God. And this would uh, require that all of us are committed to equipping ourselves in our efficiency and ability to preach the gospel. Yes. To witness to the gospel, to share the gospel, to love the gospel. The basis of his intercession hmm. in Psalm 40 is on the fact that he is faithful yes. in the commission. The greatest purpose for life yes. is to preach the gospel. He is a witness. Gospel of the kingdom, gospel of grace, gospel of Yahushua Mashiach exactly. as the Lamb, gospel of salvation, gospel of resurrection. Gospel of eternal life and all the provision of God. Gospel of Yahweh. This is the gospel. So, the plan. And so, we are uh, now also letting everybody know that we are actively moving into a season uh, for the rest of the year mm -hmm. where a big part of our focus will be to make sure that we equip ourselves in a proficiency in sharing the gospel. Yes.